Welcome to the Ridge Weekly Podcast. Relationships are so important, and yet they can be so difficult. The pandemic, social media, and a divided country have not helped. How do we develop new relationships or strengthen the ones that we have? How do we repair ones that seem to be broken? Listen to this week's talk from the series Through Thick and Thin as we explore ways to develop the kinds of friendships that will enrich our lives. Well, good morning. If you're new with us today, my name is Josh Rhodes, and I'm the pastor of ministries here at The Ridge. Today, we're in week two of a brand new series about friendship called Through Thick and Thin. So good to be together, whether you're in the room, your living room, somewhere in between, but it's great to be together. I grew up on a street without too many other kids to play with, and thankfully, I'm one of nine, so there were always kids to play with from my family, but there weren't too many other kids my age. And at the bottom of our street was this big, beautiful Catholic church, and my dad was a Baptist pastor, so we, of course, went to that church. But since it was at the bottom of our street, we spent a good bit of time down there. And it actually had an active convent, which was pretty cool. I mean, the nuns would be out there gardening and doing their thing. They were super nice. And uh, there was a playground, basketball court, a big field where we would sled ride in the winter and then play baseball in the summer. And I remember one day I was down there with my younger brother, Jeremiah, we call him Jer, and we were playing basketball and these two boys who looked to be about our ages, I, I want to say I was 10, he was 8, right in those years, and they began to walk towards us, so we invited them to jump into our basketball game, and we're playing ball, having a good time. Afterward, we were so excited to find out if they were moving on our street, and come to find out they were moving in for the summer with their grandparents for, for a good bit of the summer, so we were excited that we would get a good bit of time with them but they weren't moving in. Talked a little bit more and found out their names. So the boy about my age, his name was Josh, and then his younger brother was Jared. So here we are, Josh and my brother Jer meet Josh and Jared. It was like a match made in heaven. And I remember, you know, kind of becoming friends within like 10 minutes. Like, is this happening? Is this happening right now? I think think we're best friends, you know? We did a lot of stuff that summer. We, uh, we rode bikes and played ball and all of it. And, and it culminated with this, with this moment that, Mom, if you're watching the live stream, I'm sorry, because sometimes you find out I'm not as perfect as you think I am. But we were behind the convent, and there was this outbuilding shed kind of thing. And I don't know if it was my idea or the other Josh's idea, but we're like, do you think we can get on top of that? which is what every 10-year-old boy's thinking all the time. Could I climb that and not die? So sure enough, we climb up on this outbuilding, and I remember us dancing, and I don't know, we were just being goofy. We turn around and look kind of at the, the convent. A curtain opens up, and there's just a nun staring at us. Next thing I know is there's three, four, five nuns come flying out with brooms, Chasing us away, we jump off, roll, run back home. I mean, it was unforgettable. So, yeah, not not perfect, Mom, as as you think we were growing up. But, you know, I look back on those stories, you know, of, of just how easy it was to make friends. It wasn't even something as a kid you think about. 
And I see this now with my own children. We have kids between five and 12. I mean, it's, it's so cool to watch them make friends. They make friends in the neighborhood, at school, at church, cheerleading, baseball. I mean, they just have so many friends. Anytime it you know, comes time for a birthday party, I can never remember them coming to me and saying, Dad, I'm thinking about having a birthday party, but how long is it going to take to clean the house before we plan this? Because, I mean, we probably need to think about that. Or, you know, I want to have a party. What do you think we should have on the menu? Because I just want to make sure if people come, you know, they, they don't ask those questions. They just want to know how many friends can I have, and then they usually want to bump it up a few more. You know, but over time, and I know this is true for me and I suspect for a lot of you as well, it just gets trickier to build friendships as adults. It just doesn't come as easily. In a January 2022 article, Jessica Stillman, based on on current research, wrote an article called The Scientific Reason Why It's So Hard to Make Friends as an Adult. And here's what she wrote. If you get the sense that it's harder to make friends as an adult than it was when you were younger, you're on to something. This difficulty isn't that you're uncool or awkward. It's that the essential building blocks of friendship are harder to come by when you're older. Sociologists have identified the ingredients that need to be in place for us to make friends organically. And they are continuous, unplanned interaction and shared vulnerability. As we become adults, we have less and less environments where those ingredients are at play. Adults with jobs, kids, and a collection of other responsibilities also simply have less time available for making friends. So the good news is, if that sometimes you struggle, like I do, to make friends, it's not because, according to Jessica, that we're uncool or awkward. All right, everybody can just let out a sigh of relief. We're not as uncool and awkward as we thought. It's just the reality is there's, there's more at play the older that we get. You know, Jessica touched on, you know, that we're not in the environments that we used to be in. We don't have as much time. But there's also things like being hurt by friends, being a little more introverted than extroverted. We have a transient community, so maybe you're new to the area and you're kind of starting over. You know, I mentioned last week factors like this grand experiment that we're all still in the midst of called social media that's really shaping how we make friends. And then, of course, lingering effects from covid a season that isolated us and I think really is a challenge for us to relearn how to make friends. But as we talked about last week, even though it's hard, even though it's going to take work, we know it matters. We know it matters because God designed us for it. This is how God designed us. He said it's not good for the man to be alone. It's not good for any of us to be alone. We need family We need friends. Jesus demonstrated it. If you missed last week, we talked about how he had friends. If there was anyone who could have went at it alone, it would have been Jesus, but he demonstrated it. And most importantly, and this is really the foundation launching into week two, that he died for it, that Jesus died for us to have a restored relationship with God, to have peace in our own hearts, and have a restored relationship with others. And when we trust Jesus, when we place our faith in him, we are given the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit begins to produce the fruit of the Spirit and gives us his grace. 
It enables us to pursue friendship because what we're talking about is not easy. It's joyful, it's life-giving, but it's not easy. And we can't think that we can do it in our own strength. We need his power, his grace, and his strength. So while we can't cover everything today about making friends, I want to focus in on something that's been really helpful to me, and it's this. Be the friend you want to have. Be the friend that you want to have. If you want through thick and thin friends, if you want people who are going to be there in the highs and the lows, if you want people who smile, you know, we need to be the friend that we want to have. And instead of just kind of looking around and waiting, like I wonder, I wonder who's going to walk over here right now and be my friend, you know, instead of just kind of holding back and waiting and we got to take initiative. We got to take a step forward. And most importantly, we've got to be willing to look in the mirror. You know, James, it talks about how God's word is a mirror that we can look at ourselves and evaluate how am I doing. And today I want to pose three questions that are going to help us take a look to see how am I doing? Am I the friend that I want to have? So the first question to wrestle with is this, do we love people well? Do you love people well? This is a question I've been wrestling with all week. You know, we want friends who love us all the time, but how well were we loving others? The book of Proverbs, written several thousand years ago by Solomon, who was the wisest person to ever walk the face of the earth apart from Jesus. He wrote this, Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a difficult time. You know, in this simple yet profound proverb, Solomon reminds us that we need both. We need our family who will be there. We need friends who will be there. I come from a large family, five sisters, three brothers, and I know if I needed their help today, I could call, I could text, I could get their help. That's how God designed it, but there's a certain familial obligation that we have you know, to each other. It's really an expectation. If your family needs your help, you're going to show up, but friends are different. This isn't a familial bond. This is something that we have chosen. And if we choose someone, it's also a cho choice to love them. You know, I don't want to be that fair weather friend. I want to be the friend that loves in the thick and the thin. And this theme of, of loving at all times and loyalty, this is what Pastor Tim's going to dive in on next week. Now, on love and friendship, I love this quote from Adele Calhoun. She writes, friends are not a dime a dozen. They're not the same thing as allies, colleagues, neighbors, relatives, and acquaintances. Friends require a degree of intentionality and self-donating love that goes beyond friendliness and supporting each other in some act or enterprise. Friends mutually and naturally supply support, sharing, counsel, fun, encouragement, growth, and a sense of being uniquely chosen and valued. I love that Adele draws the distinction between friendliness and being a true friend. You know, as people, fellow human beings, but certainly as believers who have the love of God in our heart, we should be friendly to everyone, wherever we go. 
But friendliness is different than being a friend. If we choose someone to be a friend, it requires that we love them well. 1 Corinthians 13, you know this passage, but listen to this through being a friend. What kind of friend would this be? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It's not boastful. It's not conceited. It does not act improperly. It's not selfish. It's not provoked. It does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never ends. Now people would stand in a really long line for a friend like that. I know I would. I mean, if there was someone who's loving, who is not selfish, who is patient, who who isn't self-absorbed, who's able to forgive and let it go, I mean, that kind of friend we would stand in a long line for. And as we talked last week, I mean, if you think about the people who are drawn to Jesus, men and women, the children, there's so many passages about the children, the the sinners and the tax collectors, the 12 and the three and the one. It's because Jesus' life was marked by love. We read this scripture last week, but I'll read it again. John 15, 12 This is my command, Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. You know, the words of Solomon and the words of Jesus have never been more timely. And I know this is like Christianity 101, love. But I mean, our world is more polarized and more filled with hate than at least I can remember. But imagine if our lives were marked by love. Not doing it perfectly, but being filled with the Holy Spirit and loving people well, the difference it would make. Second, to be the friend we want to have, I want to have us ask the question, do we lift people up? When people are around us, whether it's for an hour or for a day, are they lifted up because of their time with us? You know, we want friends who lift us up, and this can come in many forms. Maybe it's the friend who just has a positive, half-glass-full disposition. When you're around them, you don't feel like the world's falling apart, that things are going to be okay. This also can come in the form of encouragement, people who will speak that word, who will send that text, and it just lifts you up. But it also comes in the form of the friends who sharpen us, who help us grow, who help us become the best version of ourselves, who help us become more like Jesus. Another proverb, 2717, it's it's a famous one. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. This life-on-life contact, this sharpening relationship. The Bible Knowledge Commentary points out that when iron is rubbed against another piece of iron, it shapes and sharpens it. Similarly, people can help each other improve by discussions, criticisms, suggestions, and ideas. And I'm not a blacksmith. I imagine you're not either. But we can picture that blacksmith at work, iron against iron, this sharpening process that takes place. I've been blessed by people who've done this for me. About once a month, I have some guys over to the house for a men's group. And um, it's been something I've been doing for a few years and really enjoy it. We'll catch up over some snacks, coffee, 
Usually you'll watch a Bible study video and then just have some discussion. At times, if there's more than a dozen or 15 or so, we'll break out into twos or threes. And last month, had an opportunity to huddle up with, with two friends who have been better friends to me than I've been to them. And their names are Justin and Eric. And uh, got a picture of us here. Let's go Mountaineers. All right. Now, I, I showed a picture last week of me and my best friend, Cupcake, my lab. I was wearing the same shirt. All right, I'm just going to call it out. You may have caught that. I own like three shirts and I just rotate them. But Justin and Eric, man, they've been, they've been my friends since I first came to the Ridge back in 2010. And they became my friend and they have stuck with me and they have sharpened me. They encourage me. They're positive, but they're also willing to kind of get in there and help me stay on the path. You know, I was thinking about them this week, and I, and I really did. I paused and I reflected on each of them, and I asked the question, have they ever pulled me down or led me astray? Have they ever tripped me up or put me in harm's way? And the answer is no. I mean, in 13 years, they have pushed me forward, encouraged me, helped keep me on the right path, and I am so thankful for these guys. Now, the opposite is also addressed in Proverbs, that we want to have friends and we want to be the friend who sharpens and uplifts, but there's a lot of Proverbs about being the opposite kind of person. And I think these scriptures are important for us to self-reflect on. Proverbs 13, 20 says, the one who walks with the wise will be wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. You know, I want to be wise. I don't want to be a fool who leads people to harm. 12.26 says the, the godly give good advice to their friends, but the wicked lead them astray. And Proverbs 22, 24 and 5 says, don't make friends with an angry man and don't be a companion of a hot-tempered man or you will learn his ways and you will entangle yourself in a snare. Now, these are great warnings for us to be wise and to be careful about who we let in and choose to be our friends. But again, I think these are great scriptures for us to reflect on. Am I wise? Am I giving good advice? Am I, am I pointing people in the right direction? That's the kind of friend that I want to be. So to be a friend you wanna have, we gotta love people well, we need to lift people up, but we also, need to ask the question, are we willing to let people in? Are we willing to let people into our lives? Because if we're not, it's gonna be really tough to make friends. And when I say let people in, I wanna unpack this both literally and figuratively. You know, to literally let people in means that you let them into your space, whether that's your house, townhouse, dorm, that you're willing to invite a friend into your space. And I realize in our, our culture, this is counter-cultural, counter-intuitive. You know, we're private people and we view our homes as a place of refuge and kind of keep people out. But in biblical times, this was the norm. You know, Joe Myers, one of my favorite authors, he says, um, over the last number of years, we've replaced the front porch for a back deck. 
And then we've added a tall fence just for good measure to sort of keep people out. But when you read things like the book of Acts, the early Christian movement that was exploding, they leveraged their homes. They let people in. And, you know, Southern hospitality really isn't Southern hospitality. It's biblical hospitality. Acts chapter 2, 46 and 47, familiar passage. Every day... This is talking about the early church, the early believers. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple complex and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food. There it is again. Any scripture with food, that's just a great one. Memorize that. They ate their food with a joyful and humble attitude, praising God and having favor with all the people. And every day the Lord added to them those who were being saved. They gladly and joyfully welcomed people in. And the result, the result of this kind of hospitality grew their relationship with God. It deepened their relationship with other believers. And it says that the Lord was adding to their numbers daily, that people were coming to faith through their homes. And I think it's important for us to, again, recognize that we live in volatile times that things feel out of control and upside down. And imagine if our homes were known as a place of refuge, as a place of rest, as a place full of love. This past summer, I was just thinking about this this week, different folks who've, who've let us in. And it's not an easy task to let the Rhodes family in. You know, my wife and I, five kids, we don't travel light. But I was thinking about just a simple get-together this summer. Matt and Heidi, some friends of ours, had us over. And we had never had them over, so they took initiative and had us over in the backyard pool when we swam. Heidi made homemade pepperoni rolls. Here I am back on food again. But she makes her brownies before she bakes them. She drizzles chocolate syrup and then runs like a fork or knife through it and kind of creates this pattern. The most beautiful, delicious brownies I've ever had. But they invited us in, even knowing the Rhodes family aren't easy to host, but they invited us in and it made us feel loved and it made us feel valued. And honestly, we didn't have to do anything. It was great. We just showed up and they took care of us. That's hospitality. That's what we're talking about. I mean, again, go back to when you were a kid. Some of you are, but for us adults, go back to when you were a kid. There was nothing more exciting, at least for me, than to be invited to someone's house or to have someone over. Like that was the best. And I'm just suggesting that we try to get back to that simple joy. Now that's on the literal side, figuratively letting people in. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. It's just being real. It's taking off the mask and just saying, look, I've got highs and lows, good and bad strengths and weaknesses. I just need to be real. And the, the men's group that I mentioned, I'm so thankful for these guys because I told them, I said, guys, I, I get that I'm a pastor, but I'm also a, a man, I'm a father, I'm a husband, I have strengths and I have weaknesses, and they've been so gracious to me to let me be real, to let me be myself, but there's still times where I struggle. There's still times where they say, how you doing? And I'm like, I'm great, when I'm not, just being real letting people in. And, and, and I know this is scary, and I know we've been burnt before, but like Jessica said in that article, 
it requires vulnerability. True friends require vulnerability, which, which is defined simply as a willingness to show emotion or to allow one's weaknesses to be seen or known, a willingness to risk being hurt, to be emotionally hurt. You know, we use the phrase, no risk, no reward. You've gotta be willing to let people in. You've gotta be willing to take off that mask and say, look, I'm struggling, or I'm hurting, or I need encouragement. Reminds me of Galatians chapter six, verse two which the context of this verse is really in temptation and failure, but, but I think it applies. It says, carry one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. You know, when we let people in, when we're willing to let people into our lives and be honest about our weaknesses and our struggles and our failures, they can carry those burdens with us I mean, I can think of so many people in so many seasons where I needed them to carry me through. And in my experience, and this is a, a, my very personal experience, it's often when we need the help the most that we're least likely to ask for it because we feel embarrassed, we feel ashamed, we feel like we should have it all together. When the reality is we're all fragile, we're all broken, we all need help. You know, just a, about a month or so ago, our family car went down, and, and I'm the type of person that just wants to tough it out, figure it out, or rent a car, or whatever, and, and we decided to let some friends know. So they loaned us cars, and they dropped off kids, and they picked up kids, because that's what friends are for, but you've got to let people in. So today, I, I'm just encouraging us. You know, this, these aren't complicated things. But to be the friend that you want to have, again, do we love people well? Are we lifting them up and are we letting them in to our lives? Uh, let me wrap with just a few ways that I think we can apply this today, that we can put it into practice. First and foremost, and we mention this every week, is that do you know Jesus as your friend? I mean, Jesus is a friend of sinners and this is great news because I'm one. Do you know him as a friend? Have you recognized your sin and your need for a savior? Have you called out to God in faith, expressing that you trust that Jesus died in your place and for your sins? When you do that, you do that, you receive the gift of forgiveness, the gift of eternal life, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and Jesus as your friend. So I wanna encourage you, if you haven't done that, that you would do that because everything that we're talking about hinges on that relationship. It hinges on God empowering and working through us to do the things that we're talking about. Second, I wanna encourage you just to reflect this week on these three questions. Would you just take maybe 10 minutes and again, just hold up God's word as the mirror and take a look at your life and ask, how am I doing at loving people? If your name was spoken, would that name be associated with love? You know, are you lifting people up? And I have bad days for sure, and there's days where I'm sure people feel gross after being with me, but generally speaking, are you one who lifts people up? That when they're with you for five minutes or an hour, that they just feel better because you've lifted them up? And then how are you doing with letting people in? Again, when we're hurt 
and when we get busy and all of these factors, man, I'm telling you, it's just easy to start putting up the wall. But we gotta break it down. We gotta be willing to let people in. And then a final application, you know, I love the groups that we do here at the church. We usually do them in the fall and winter and spring, just easy ways to jump in. So we've got groups starting this week. You can go online, find all the information, and you can hop in this week and start connecting and building some friendships. You know, I was thinking about just one more story to kind of bring this home. And I was thinking about a season where I was probably struggling with this the most. And it was either after we had our second child or third child. And and man, when you have little ones and it's like kid, kid, work, diapers, you know, you start to not have the time that you want. And there was just a, a season for maybe about a year where I was struggling and I was hurting. And there was one night where I just, I knew I needed to talk to somebody. So I reached out to my friend Rick and his response was, will you just come over? Will you just come over? You know, I, I don't know if it was like 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, I can't remember. But I knew I needed his friendship. And he's like, Josh, just come over. And we just sat and he loved on me. And he listened. And he was lifting me up and he was challenging me. And obviously he let me into his house. That's exactly what I needed in that moment. I want to be that kind of friend. We're not always going to get it right. We're not always going to do it perfectly. But again, through the Holy Spirit's power, we can do these things. We can be like Rick. We can be like the friend that you're maybe thinking of right now who loves you well, who lifts you up, who lets you in. We can be that kind of friend with God's help. Let me pray for us today. God, we again just want to thank you for your design. We believe that you are our creator and that you designed us with a need for relationship with you and with others. God, we also recognize today that this is hard and challenging and we can't do it on our own. So we thank you through your Holy Spirit's power that you are with us, empowering us and strengthening us to love, to lift up, and to let people in when we want to keep them out. God, we need friends. Would you help us in this area? We know that you will. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and friend. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Ridge Weekly Podcast. If you'd like to hear more messages now, you can check out our past series at theridge.church slash messages or download the free Ridge app. Thanks again for listening and we will see you next time.